it was so hard to decide which verses to uh, discuss. There's a lot of these are actually quite three or four of them are very famous verses that Srila Prabhupada would quote a lot, especially about the verses about the material world and also about having compassion for others. So, yeah. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya, Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya, Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya, Om Ajnana Timarandasya Gyananjana Shalakaya, Chakshura Militam Yena Tazmai Shri Gurave Namaha. So we are on uh, chapter, uh, chapter 9, Canto 7. Um, Let me get it on my computer here. Chapter 9. On verse 28. We're starting in verse 28. Uh, and these are Prahlad Maharaj's uh, prayers to pacify Lord Nishingade, which he, as we could probably figure out, he does successfully by the end of the chapter. Okay. So verse 28. And this is a very similar point that's made also in a other verse that I, I asked you to read, um, we'll get to that a little later. My dear Lord, this is, of course, Prahlad Maharaj speaking to Lord Nishingadev. My dear Lord, O Supreme Personality of Godhead, because of my association with material desires one after another, I was gradually falling into a well, blind well full of snakes following the general populace. But your servant, Narada Muni, kindly accepted me as his disciple and instructed me how to achieve the transcendental position. Therefore, my first duty is to serve him. How could I leave his service? Um, and Prabhupada writes down four sentences down that it is not that one should bypass the spiritual master and desire to serve the Supreme Lord. And then uh, he quotes Narottama Das Thakur, uh, that beautiful two lines, Tandera Charana Sevi Bhaktasanivas, Janame Janame Hoi E Abilas. One should not be anxious to offer direct service to the Lord. Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu advised that one become a servant of the servant of the servant of the Lord. Gopi Anudas. This is the process for approaching the Supreme Lord. So that's that. So that last sentence is important. This is the process for approaching the Supreme Lord. So the, the point here is, is a bit subtle, um, but very important that we We've, we've already so many times given the example that it's very hard to please a big person, but if you please their child and they are automatically pleased. So that point of view is important. But we don't forget that the goal is, um, is pleasing the, the big guy, the, the rich man or whatever, you know, in that analogy. So it's not that like Guru is over here and Krishna is over there. It's not like that. As a matter of fact, the parampara, the disciplic succession, um, it, it, it's, it brings, as we offer our service to our guru, he offers it to his guru, to his guru, to his guru. Uh, Krishna becomes more sharp. It's like, it's like the lens becomes even sharper as we get instructions, uh, and Krishna consciousness through the parampara. Parampara in Sanskrit literally means one after another. And I, I know, I know I've, I've already spoken about this also, but I got a little realization of this when I was uh, in the Vatican and seeing the tombs of the various popes. They're lined up one after another in, uh, 
in the, I think it's in the basement of the Vatican um, area. And I remember seeing that and just thinking, oh, yeah, that may, you know, you, one after another, it gave me some idea of the idea of Parampara. So it's, so, so there's a sentiment here that this person or these, the, and, and, you know, I like to use the plural, these devotees have helped me connect with the goal of life with Lord Krishna. And therefore, how could I, you know, I, I gratitude indicates that I should uh, always be indebted to them. One time, Srila Prabhupada was asked, well, how do we repay the debt that we owe you, Srila Prabhupada? And he said, you know, better to remain always indebted. <laughs> you know, that mood is there, because that's the mood he had to his spiritual master. It's not that he was demanding that of us, but he didn't do that in his own life. No, he, you know, we all know he suffered two heart attacks, um, came on a steamship and all that and had no money and everything to, to serve his spiritual master. So, but, but, but this is the way to please Krishna. The way to please anyone is to please someone who's very dear to that person. So that is uh, being mentioned here. And also that, this point that one should not bypass the spiritual master and desire to serve the Supreme Lord. And because that is kind of the um, mood sometimes of a, of a mayavadi, a person who ultimately wants to become God, become one with God. And Prabhupada once gave that example also that he was on a morning walk. He, many of you know the story that, he, you know, and he, he asked the hand of a disciple to help him walk over a puddle. And then after he walked over the puddle, he kind of violently threw, threw that disciple's hand aside. And the disciple was kind of shocked, like, what? What did I do wrong? And then Prabhupada made it a teaching. He made it a, a teaching point, And he just said, this is what the Mayavadis do. They take the help of someone and then discard him. So the mood of gratitude it is a, you know, just a, a good person feels gratitude. Right in in any relationship, you know that's just the mark of a of a of a reasonable person. And then what to speak of if we apply that to spirituality? Um, and also mentioned here is a little. And then at the end of the purport, therefore, Pallad Maharaj proposed that he engage in the service of Narada Muni. He never proposed that he engage directly in the service of the Lord. This is the right conclusion. Therefore, he said. Soham katam nu tava britya sevam. How can I give up the service of my spiritual master who has favored me in such a way that I am now able to see you face to face? So, so again, that gratitude that the spiritual master has given us the goal. The goal is to see Krishna face to face or to have that, to approach the Lord. So they're not, like I said, not, you know, Either or, it's and. <laughs> Our goal is to love Krishna. The means is to serve is to serve his devotees. But it's not just you know a means to an end, and then you give up the means. That's the point. It's just like um, in bhakti, the sadhana and the sadhya are the same. The process and the goal are the same because we, we, the process we have adopted primarily is to chant the holy names of Krishna. And that is the sadhana, that is the practice. But the sadhya 
in the spiritual world is that the gopis and all the great devotees, they are glorifying Krishna. So you glorify Krishna here, you glorify Krishna there. Other processes, the sadhana and the sadhya are, are not the same in jnana and in karma, but in bhakti it is. So that was a little philosophy there. Um, some questions, comments, thoughts on this verse? Um, I'm sorry, this is a dumb question, but wh- which number was that? I'm having trouble. Oh, 7928. Okay, all right, that's fine. All right, thank you. Okay. That's an easy one. If, you, if all the questions were that easy, you know, <laughs> flying high. <laughs> okay, then we can carry on. Uh, good morning, Nandi Muki Devi. Um, text 29. So we're going up to 31. So here's more prayers um, from Pallad. My Lord, O unlimited reservoir of transcendental qualities, you have killed my father Hiranyakashipu and saved me from his sword. He had said very angrily, if there is any supreme controller other than me, let him save you. I shall now sever your head from your body. Therefore, I think that both in saving me and in killing him, you have acted just to prove true the words of your devotee. There is no other cause. So we didn't have this to read, but such an important thing that the Lord helps the uh, devotee keep their word. Um, now, from our side, you know, there's two sides to something, right? The, we have to, I mean, again, just a good person in the world keeps their word, right? So what to speak of a uh, devotee, we, you know, our word should be as good as done, you know, um, and Krishna also creates situations where the devotee can keep their word. Um, so, so from our side, the keeping of the word, I was thinking the, it, it ties in with, you know, a, a seminar that I teach on um, developing good habits and getting rid of old habits that, you know, so many people in this world, and maybe some of, uh, some of us uh, listening to this today, we have, you know, especially around New Year's, we said, I am definitely going to, you know, then fill in the blank, right? You know, go to bed earlier or eat less sweets or, you know, eat less junk food or whatever it is. You know, there's so many different habits that we either want to get rid of or we want to uh, acquire. And we know that, you know, most people don't keep their New Year's resolutions or other things. And one way to look at this, I find, is the difference between the the mind and the heart. That it's often our mind that's, you know, we know theoretically that such and such would be really good for me if I if I acquired that habit. Or such and such would be really, um, also really good for me if I gave up that habit. But it's, it's, it's more here than, than in the heart. And, and therefore, um, when, when the heart is, uh, finding something, uh, alluring or attractive or, or, you know, then, then the mind can also, our mind sees that and the mind can easily rationalize. So good, you know, we're very, very good at logic and argument when it comes to convincing ourselves that we don't have to do something <laughs> or we, you know, you know, like, Oh, you know, I'll, I'll start, I'll start my new diet tomorrow. Right. 
or it's not so bad, or I've been so good that, you know, what's wrong with, you know, I've been on this diet so well and, and eating kale and all this, what's, you know, a bag of potato chips is kind of a, a reward for all of that or, or, or whatever, you know, we, we, you know, the, the idea rational hyphen L I E S rational lies that we, uh, that we give ourselves. Um, so the, the yes or the, you know, for saying no to something or saying yes to something, it really has to travel from our mind to our heart where it's really, I, you know, I am doing this for Krishna. This is, this is going to, you know, uh, drastically change my, my life. Um, just like in, um, Mahatma Prabhu's, uh, presentation of, uh, improving Japa, uh, here, um, I think I showed it last week in the class. Um, he, uh, he says, I organize my life to make Japa the most important activity of my day. So, you know, if that, if that's something that we want to do, that that's something that has to go deeper than our mind that can easily go hither and thither. But it has to be that strong yes coming from a place of bhakti, coming from a place of affection, from love, of, of uh, determination. And I think we all know the difference between Yes, yes, and yes, <laughs> right? There's, there's a, a, a difference in quality to that. The example is also given that, that the, um, it's kind of like the conditioned soul is in, in, is, has been fallen into the dark well of material existence. And the devotees and the spiritual masters, they throw down a rope to pull us out. And they're very strong at pulling us out. But if we're just kind of like, you know, holding on to the rope with one finger or two fingers, you know, there's so much that they can do to pull us out. But if we like, you know, wrap that rope around our body and hold it, you know, with, with total, you know, determination, um, then Krishna, spiritual master, they can pull us out very easily. Right? So it takes that kind of uh, yes or no, depending on whether we're trying to get rid of an old habit or acquire a new one that um so that's our side we're here it says Pallad Maharaj you have acted just to prove true the words of your devotee so Krishna helps with that but our side is that we want to um keep our words keep our breaths our vows in in whatever shape or form they come in and, and it has to my experience has to come more from the heart than from from the uh the head Comments, questions on that? What's your experience? I just, I just love. Uh, I've been meditating on Prahlad Maharaj's attitude because mm. he's set on his course, right? All right, and he's in a demon. He's surrounded by demons. He is a demon, right? But he's not accepting. He's not embarrassed. He's not afraid. He's not deterred, right? No matter what you throw at him, he's just made up his mind. And so that's almost like a more of a heart thing, I guess. Yes. His heart is in it. Totally. I mean, he must have been, he's kind of like us, right? So he was with classmates and he could feel if they disapproved or if his father disapproved, right? But he didn't let that deter him. So he, he was going to, you know, he probably felt some embarrassment, but he didn't. Pay any attention to it. Right. So I'm just amazed by that attitude. 
Right. Yeah. Peer pressure didn't get to him. <laughs> yeah. Because of his, that's a very nice point. I mean, he was just fixed because he, he had good association with Narana Muni, you know, in the womb. But since then, he's been basically, um, you know, with the <laughs> non devotees, but his, yeah, he was fixed. And, 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 you know, as I mentioned before, he, he, it's really the first time we see in the Bhagavatam pure bhakti. There's no other desire. Of course, people become pure devotees, uh, Dhruva and this, that didn't start like that. But he, from him, it's right from the get go. Uh, and just preaching pure bhakti to uh, everyone else. Thank you for I, that. I have a little bit of a question. Maybe a little bit of a, a I don't know. You'll, you'll see. So <clears throat> I can remember being at the temple on, on Sundays and, um, it was kind of, uh, suggested that um iskan via iskan you know we kind of make ourselves uh like our our, our spiritual master is Prabhupada, and you know that that's the way that we do it and i remember thinking like i gotta think like if you're really really you know fully engaged especially the way, like the way it was in the old days that you probably couldn't get away with saying that um, your spiritual master was a, a passed away master and, you know, you kind of show up on Sundays and, you know, but the other six days of the week you're doing your material stuff. I don't mean to like uh, challenge the doctrine or anything like that, but it, it really, I think to be near the end stages or, or, you know, to be very advanced, it's probably a, a day-by-day thing where you're taking instruction. Would you not agree with that? Or um... I'm not, I, 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 I couldn't exactly follow, you know, usually Dean, I can follow you completely. I couldn't I'm sorry. exactly follow what you were getting at. Yeah. Um, so we know that, uh, you know, one of the key parts of being a devo- devotee and, and practicing bhakti is that you have a spiritual master and, and okay. you basically kind of, um, uh, yeah, you, 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 uh, put your, what's the word? You make yourself subordinate to that master and whatever yeah. they're saying. And, and that makes a lot of sense to me because basically all this is about trying to dissolve the ego. And, and one step is acknowledging that there's someone more learned than you and, you know, et cetera. But I, I've, I also remember hearing at times that like our spiritual master is, is Prabhupada. But um, does does that really suffice in taking the place of someone that you're taking instruction from on a daily basis? You know. Uh, uh, now I understand. Oh. Thank you. Okay. Um, so there is um, first of all, Prabhupada. You know, he has a specific within within the you know the society of Iskhan. He has a specific title and that it called the founder Acharya or in Sanskrit, mm-hmm. it's called Samstaka Acharya. And Acharya um, basically means like master, right? Acharya, Acharya will literally means one who teaches by example. Oh. Yeah. Uh, but it's usually also the head of an organization. And so mm-hmm. he's the founder and that will never change. He found, you know, the society. And then there's two others. Um, basically three other gurus one is the the one that shows the path uh you know you, you it could be like it for me i was just working at a law firm you know after after high school and uh 
there was a clerk there who's, who told me about Krishna. Um, I don't even, I don't know what, you know, what he ended up doing in his own bhakti, but he showed me the path. He, you know, he introduced me. And there, there's a shiksha guru, the one who gives instruction. And then there's a diksha guru, the one you take initiation, you know, formal initiation from. And often the shiksha and the diksha are, are, um, uh, one and the same. So Prabhupada can't give diksha anymore. He's not, he's not, he's returned to the spiritual world. He's not with us. Mm. And his disciples and sometimes even his grand disciples are giving, uh, the, the formal initiation. We can still take shiksha instructions from Prabhupada. We're doing that today. We're reading his purports and we can take, and that's why you hear me often use the word, uh, gurus, plural. Um, I, I, I do that very purposely because it's not just the person who handed you the beads and gave you a cool name, but it's a whole society of, uh, especially the society of, you know, like you were saying, learned, more advanced people who, you know, uncles and aunts, we could say, who, uh, help us in, a, in our, in our journey. Um, so yes, so, so it is, uh, it is part of Prabhupada's glory that he could create people who, who themselves are very strong in bhakti. So we should take, uh, we should, um, look for people who are living day to day lives that um are would be uh nice to emulate does that help yeah mm-hmm. okay anything else okay then let us carry on um we're on 30 my dear lord you alone manifest yourself as the entire cosmic manifestation for you so here we're hearing um he's going on for a number of verses basically about the creation of the world and and you know um the setup of the universe um, for about, I think, six or seven verses. My dear Lord, you alone manifest yourself as the entire cosmic manifestation, for you existed before the creation. You existed after the annihilation, and you are the maintainer between the beginning and the end. All this is done by your external energy through actions and reactions of the three modes of material nature. Therefore, whatever exists externally and internally is you alone. 31. My dear, uh, my dear Lord, O Supreme Personality of Godhead, the entire cosmic ma- uh, creation is caused by you. And the cosmic manifestation is an effect of your energy. So the cause is Krishna, the effect is, is this world. Uh, although the cosmic, although the entire cosmos is but you alone, you keep yourself aloof from it. Hmm? <laughs> the concept of mine and yours is certainly a type of illusion, Maya. Because everything is an emanation from you and therefore not different from you. Indeed, the cosmic manifestation is not different from you. And the annihilation is also caused by you. This relationship between your lordship and the cosmos is illustrated by the example of the seed and the tree. Or the subtle cause and the gross manifestation. So a little philosophy here that we should make sure we got right. Um, I'll read a few sentences in the purport the time factor is the energy of the supreme personality of godhead but the lord is separate from the time factor because he's not affected by past present and future thus and then a little later thus there is undoubtedly a difference between the lord and the cosmic manifestation but actually they are not different accepting them to be different is called avidya ignorance now that's a little tricky isn't it A little further, the seed is manifested as a tree, 
which displays varieties in its trunk, branches, leaves, flowers, and fruits. Srila Bhaktivinoda Thakur has therefore sung Keshava, Tuya, Jagata, Vichitra. My dear Lord, your creation is full of varieties. The varieties are one and at the same time different. This is the philosophy of Achintya Beda, Abeda Tattva. And then a little further. The time factor is under the control of the Supreme Lord, and therefore the Supreme Lord is different from time. An advanced devotee consequently does not distinguish between happiness and distress. Well, we'll get to that point in, in a few minutes. But let's just make sure um, we understand this carefully. So, um, the, the Krishna, there's two things in the world, Krishna and Krishna's energies. And since the energies are Shakti and Shakti Man, so although the, the energies emanate from Krishna, and so in one sense they are Krishna, but they are separate at the same time because they emanated from him. Uh, just like we are called parts and parcels, we are one with and different from Krishna. Uh, we're one in quality and very, very different in quantity. Um, so you, so a great devotee can see even in the material world that, oh, this all emanates from Krishna. And so looking at a tree or a kangaroo or whatever, it helps them to, uh, to remember Krishna. Um, and Krishna has different energies, the material, well, you know, basically the material energy the um, tatasta shakti or, or the us, the living entities and the spiritual energy. And they're very different in, in uh, we've all experienced the difference, right? When we're in very mundane consciousness, we're feeling greedy or lusty or angry or whatever. And when we're, when we're remembering Krishna and feeling very happy and, and protected and, and uh, blissful and calm and free from anxiety, we, we, we feel the difference. Uh, it, it's a very tangible, tangible experience. <clears throat> so, and, and, and Krishna says about his holy name, that his holy name has all his transcendental potencies. The, the, in the Shikshasana, it says, Sarva Shaktis. So, um, this, here's a few quotes about that. The Supreme Personality of God had manifest innumerable, inconceivable qualities. And to remember and glorify these qualities, his devotee addresses him by innumerable names. The names themselves are fully invested with the power of the Lord. As Lord Chaitanya states in his Sikshastikam, Nam Nam Akadi Bahuda Nijasarva Shaktis. Uh, o my Lord, O Supreme Personality of Godhead, in your holy name there is all good fortune for the living entities. And therefore you have many names such as Krishna and Govinda by which you expand yourself. You have invested all your potencies in those names. So this is uh, a, a important understanding that is mentioned here. So before we go on to the other point in this purport, any questions or comments on that? Just like a Prabhupada would give the example of a uh, of the of, of the electric source, the electric source uh, um, powers a refrigerator and also powers a heater. Right? They they give off they're very different, 
but all the energy ultimately is coming from the Shakti Man, the, the source of all Shakti. But it doesn't mean that everything is just, everything is one. And, you know, if I, you know, it, it doesn't matter. It's all coming from God. So if I, you know, eat meat or if I eat, you know, um, uh, prasadam, it's all the same, same. No, there's different Shaktis that have, uh, but they all ultimately emanate from Krishna. See if we hear his. What was that, Henry? Is that Henry? No. No questions so far? You You agree? <laughs> so, yes, uh, I, I heard of Hare Krishna. Is that Jiva, Prabhu? So again, this is very interesting. We were discussing this that Lord's energy is the manifest in different forms, like you explained just now. Otherwise, and one of the examples we are trying to look at is yes, electricity is the same energy, right? Lord's energy is manifest in varieties. So you don't turn on light when you're feeling, you know, warm. You turn on fan, right? If you want wind to come. <laughs> Turning on light will not solve it. So we have to take things in proper perspectives. Hare Krishna. Thank you. Thank you very much. Okay. Uh, and uh, so let's go on to this uh, second point that's made in the purport at the very end. Now he's saying this. So it's, it's Prabhupada is doing something really brilliant here. Srila Prabhupada is doing something really brilliant here. Um, he, he's taking this point that, uh, that all energies, you know, ultimately come from Krishna. And then he's applying it to the happiness and the distress that comes in our lives, which, you know, comes because of our karma and ultimately because of, uh, you know, Krishna, um, ultimately, but... So he says, an advanced devotee consequently does not distinguish between happiness and distress. Interesting point. As stated in Srimad Bhagavatam, and of course this is, Prabhupada said that this verse, 10.14.8, should be the guide for all devotees. Tate nukampam sukramikshamano punjana evatma kritam vipakam. When a devotee is in a condition of so-called distress, and that's an important word, so-called, he considers it a gift or blessing from the Supreme Personality of Godhead. When a devotee is, all, is always thus situated in Krishna consciousness in any condition of life, he is described as Muktipade Satayabhak, a perfect, perfect, perfect candidate for returning home back to Godhead. The word Dayabhak means inheritance. A son inherits the property of his father. That was the um, uh, fixed tradition for centuries in India. Changing now to some extent. Similarly, when the devotee is fully Krishna conscious, undisturbed by dualities, he is sure that he will return home back to Godhead, just as one inherits his father's property. So we were hearing this morning in another class that Krishna protects his devotees. And when it, when it says that, it doesn't mean, you know, how can he, you know, what does that mean? Because everyone has to die, right? Um, you could say, oh, but Krishna didn't protect Prabhupada, he died. No, no, that's not, you know, pr- that protection is primarily the protection of our consciousness. And therefore, um, Krishna sometimes will put the devotee into a seemingly externally distressful condition. Um, you could, there's different ways to look at it. That's the tests of the Lord, but also it's an opportunity to 
become more of a devotee and, and an opportunity that he's giving us uh, to protect our consciousness. And we, and we know that. We, we look back at our lives sometimes and we, we see things that we didn't know why this was happening to us. And then we say, oh, you know, now in 2020 hindsight, we say, oh, that was Krishna's, Krishna's mercy. Mm-hmm. Um, happens to many, many devotees. So this, so now another way to look at this, and we discussed this briefly last week, that therefore a devotee, and this is not easy to do, we're not saying this is easy, is less concerned with the adjusting of the external circumstances when there's some problem in life, um, but rather sees, oh, Krishna wants to work on my heart, and let me take this as an opportunity to, uh, to develop my, my bhakti. And of course, we know Queen Kunti, she prayed, you know, this, this, for, for many of us, it's like, are you kidding? I'm not going to pray like that. She prayed, may there, may there be more and more calamities in my life. Because when there's calamities, I remember you. When things are, when things are on cruise control, I sometimes forget that, forget you, Krishna. Um, so we don't have to pray for calamities. We have enough of them come about. Matter of fact, we were also hearing this morning, that a uh, very interesting statement by Mad- Madhvacharya. And he said, listen to this, this is uh, something to meditate on. He said that every living entity in the material world has had so much distress over the million, over the unlimited lives that they have, that each uh, have shed enough tears to fill an ocean. Madhvacharya said that. <laughs> so, um, so this is a, this, and therefore Prabhupada says here, an advanced devotee. This is something that we want to develop this muscle and become better at it. It's not that it's, you just turn the light switch on and you immediately remember Krishna when there's distress, but we want to come to that when there's challenges in our life. We also see the challenges as well as the gifts as, um, well, we see them as gifts, but also the, you know, the, the so-called good and the so-called bad, we see both of them as opportunities to take more shelter of Krishna. So, questions, comments on this point? Andy, if you're speaking, you're on mute. We can't hear you. Okay. Not me now? Yep. Yeah, I heard two different things, and one of them I liked a lot better than the other one. <laughs> okay, tell me. Uh, this thing about taking shelter from Krishna, I have a little bit of a problem with it because it implies fear, and uh, that's not where we want to go. An advanced devotee doesn't have fear. But then the other thing you said I really liked is that he throws something at you so you can learn how to protect yourself. You know, he's giving you the chance to mm. protect yourself by dealing with it and not being afraid. And that's a lot better than that we should be in fear and, and, and go to Krishna out of fear. I don't think that's a good way to go, the best way to go to him. So. Well, I, I thank you. That's, well, it's interesting because you um, you are equating um, the, the word fear uh, shelter with fear. I wonder if they I, and that's and I could I could see that I, I get that. I wonder if there's another way to look at shelter. Um, mm. sh- what what if shelter? <laughs> and of course, uh, Henry knows very well the band called Shelter. Um, I wonder if shelter can also be love that one feels loved by Krishna, one feels the affection of Krishna, one uh, 
you know, if one enters into the, the embrace of a loved one, um, and, and, the, you know, feels, uh, sheltered in that relationship, is it necessarily because they're running away from the, the fear of this material world, or can shelter also be, um, feelings of love? That's that, that would be my question. Of course, we're here, we're playing with English words, which don't always have their Sanskrit, you know, uh, equivalents, but I would, I would, I would, uh, suggest that maybe there's, there can be other things than fear in, in, in taking shelter. What do you think of that, Andy? Yeah. I mean, I, yeah, I understand your point, but I just don't think that's advanced because, um, you're trying to be more like, Krishna, right? And he has no fear and really no happiness, no sadness, right? He's kind of like so fixed that it... Right. So that's dualistic thinking, I think. Well, let me, uh, let me yeah. look at it another way. What is our motivation? What yeah. is, I think here's another way to look at it. What is the motivation for taking shelter of Krishna? Now, some people are motivated by fear that, and that's, uh, you know, and that's, um, and you're very nicely, you know, you're, you're really doing well here because you're touching upon, um, the verse by Rupa Goswami that is the key, the main verse in the book, The Nectar of Devotion or Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu, the definition of pure devotion. And, and, and you're right. It, it, uh, taking shelter, you're really bringing up some great points here because there's a, there's a uh, a verse, and I just can't remember it right now, in the Bhagavatam, that um, talks about surrendering to Krishna out of fear. And the purport, it says that this is not the highest, just like you're saying, it's not bad. It's good to take shelter of Krishna. So, um, but, it, but out of fear is not total pure devotion. Pure devotion is just, um, it's called a haituki, it's called a haituki. It, um, it is causeless. The only cause is love. We're not doing it for financial gain. We're not doing it because we're fearful. We're not doing it, uh, because people will think we're really cool or, or whatever. But it's causeless in the sense that the only cause is love. So good point. I'm just suggesting that I think one can take shelter of Krishna in a pure way and in an impure way. And the main shelter that a devotee wants is the shelter of service. Because service is the way that we express bhakti. It's through seva, you know, the Sanskrit word seva. It's through, um, it's, it's, uh, through seva that we express bhakti. So the real, so in one sense, the shelter that we want is the ability to serve Krishna. So thank you very much for bringing that up. A, a very good and a subtle point. Yeah, and also chapter 7. A little louder, Mom? Yeah, in chapter 7, uh, Krishna mentions four types of persons approach him. And he mentions that, you know, the person engaged, engaged in devotional services is the highest because he has, he wants to just serve Krishna. The Gani. Uh, yeah, Gani. And then the others, you know, the distressed and the seeker of wealth and the inquisitive, they have uh, other desires to fulfill. 
but the jnani he wants to be engaged in devotional service because he understands uh he, he understands krishna as the complete whole and you know the uh vasudeva sarvani yes satchitananda he understands and he says okay this is you know there's nothing better than this in life and so good point good point so he uh aman prabhu was saying so nicely uh the uh, verse uh uh arto chigyasar artarti gani chabharatarsava so arta and artarti is the distress and the desire of wealth and some people take shelter of god um for those kind of purposes and distress could be like kind of out of fear as is somewhat connected to andy's point um and it's said that if they don't at least become jigasu which means inquisitive then once if god does fulfill their desires then they say okay well you know thank you very much uh don't call us we'll call you and and they they're not so interested in in krishna anymore because they got what they wanted um and that whereas the gani is understands that he or she is not their body and um and that the material world is not a place of happiness and they can more easily understand vasudeva sarvamiti coming to the conclusion in 719 that krishna is everything thank you for that thank you for that other questions comments and we welcome gurudas we welcome rupesh prabhu uh shanta and sharadia Hare Krishna Prabhu. Hare Krishna. So um you know main thing is I'm um I'm thinking like uh, the four categories of people you know whatever their modes of nature is they may or may not have fear depending on you know where their consciousness is situated important is for some reason they come to Krishna they come to take shelter of Krishna and then they get spiritualized So I really like it how in um, different purports Prabhupada has stressed that important is we should take the shelter in different ways he has mentioned that we can take shelter of devotees we can take shelter of books we can take shelter of the holy names we can take shelter of prasadam so there are so many different options available and in <clears throat> I was trying to relate in Bhagavad Gita uh, Krishna says to Arjun I mean the whole chapter chapter 12 bhakti yoga in the beginning itself he says if we can't engage 24 by 7 you know we can live a life of practicing devotion sadhana bhakti or we can help someone who is already engaged in these efforts basically gradual process important is gradual process and then talking about fear uh so fear element may be there in the beginning you know they say god fearing person and all and for a while i have pondered in the past that you know uh, i read due to protection of the lord you know one becomes free from fear as lord nursing dev touched the touched uh, prahlad you know he became fearless mm-hmm. so all this seems so relevant and uh, andy prabhu like he was saying earlier talking about fear it seems like it may not happen just like that suddenly but gradually the faith grows and as you know we progress in the spiritual path you know yes taking shelter of pure devotional service coming to that platform we are all not there yet you know at times we are in different modes we understand the philosophy but we get it forgetfulness too thank so, you much 
Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, um, so let's carry on, and we're going up to 38. So we're going to be reading a number of verses, and these, like I said, are about um, the knowledge about the nature of this world. So it's amazing how Prahlad had all this knowledge, you know, young boy. Oh, my Lord, O oh Supreme Personality of God, after annihilating the creative energy, the creative energy is kept in you, who appear to sleep with half-closed eyes. Actually, however... You do not sleep like an ordinary human being, for you are always in a transcendental stage beyond the creation of the material world, and you always feel transcendental bliss. As Karana Dakshai Vishnu, you thus remain in your transcendental status, not touching material objects. Although you appear to sleep, this sleeping is distinct from sleeping in ignorance. And <laughs> Prabhupada in the purport talks about how... Uh, Practicing yoga, you have to be careful to, you're supposed to keep your eyes half closed, otherwise you may be snoring. <laughs> For, uh, 33. This cosmic manifestation, the material world, is also your body. This total lump of matter is agitated by your potent energy known as Kala Shakti, the time, the time factor, the time energy. And thus the three modes of material nature are manifested. You awaken from the bed of Shesha, Ananta, and from your navel, is a small transcendental seed, a small transcendental seed is generated. It is from this seed that the lotus flower of the gigantic universe is manifested, exactly as a banyan tree grows from a small seed. So we're hearing things that we heard back in the second and third cantos. From the great lotus flower, Brahma was generated, but Brahma certainly could see nothing but the lotus. Therefore, thinking uh, you to be outside, Lord Brahma dove into the water and attempted to find the source of the lotus for a hundred years. He could find no trace of you, however, for when a seed fructifies, the original seed cannot be seen. That's interesting. Lord Brahma, who is celebrated as Atmayoni, having been born without a mother, was struck with wonder. Thus he took shelter at, of the lotus flower, and when uh, he had been purified after undergoing severe austerities for many hundreds of years, he could see that the Cause of all causes, the Supreme Personality of God was spread throughout his body and senses, just as aroma, although very subtle, is perceived in earth. Lord Brahma could then see, text 36, you possessing thousands and thousands of faces, feet, heads, hands, thighs, noses, ears, and eyes. You were very much, you were very nicely dressed, being decorated and bedecked with varieties of ornaments and weapons. Seeing you in the form of Lord Vishnu, your symptoms and form being transcendental, your legs extending from the lower planets, Lord Brahma achieved transcendental bliss. My dear Lord, 37, when you appeared as Hayagriva with the head of a horse, you killed two demons known as Madhu and Koitaba, who were full of the modes of passion and ignorance. Then you delivered the Vedic knowledge to Lord Brahma. For this reason, all the great saints accept your forms as transcendental, untinged by material qualities. And finally, 38. In this way, my Lord, you appeared in various incarnations as a human being, an animal, a great saint, a demigod, a fish, or a tortoise, thus maintaining the entire creation in different planetary systems and killing the demoniac principles. According to the age, O oh my Lord, you protect the principles of religion. In the age of Kali, however, you do not assert yourself as the supreme personality of Godhead, and therefore you are known as Triyuga, or the Lord who appears in three yugas. 
In the purport, Prabhupada writes that uh, although Lord Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, who appears in Kali Yuga, is the supreme personality of Godhead, he never asserted himself as such. On the contrary, whenever Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was addressed as being as good as Krishna, he blocked his ears with his hands, denying his identity with Krishna, because he was playing the part of a devotee. And then at the end of the purport, the entire Krishna conscious movement is based on the principles of the Sankirtan movement, inaugurated by Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Therefore, one who tries to understand the Supreme Personality of Godhead through the medium of Sankirtan, uh, of the Sankirtan movement, knows everything perfectly. He is Sumedasa, a person with substantial intelligence. So this is a famous verse. And there's other verses uh, that explain this also. In the third canto, Prabhupada writes, he, about Lord Chaitanya, he comes and protects the people of this age in his covered incarnation as Lord Chaitanya. Lord Chaitanya is called, quote, covered because although he is Krishna himself, he presents himself as a devotee of Krishna, not directly Krishna. The devotees pray to Lord Chaitanya, therefore, to eliminate their stock of passion and ignorance, the most conspicuous assets of this yuga. In the Krishna conscious movement, one cleanses himself of the modes of passion and ignorance by chanting the holy name of the Lord. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna. As introduced by Lord Chaitanya. And then in the Madhya Leela, of the Chaitanya Charitamrita, it is said, in this age of Kali, there is no Leela avatar of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Therefore, he is known as Tri Yuga. This is one of his holy names. So just to give you uh, this, uh, Tri Yuga is significant because he's not coming as a uh, incarnation, but as the avatar, not as an avatar, but as an avatari, as Krishna, the source of all incarnations. Um, and I heard this recently, I found it very wonderful, that there's a, there, you know, we hear many, uh, not many, we hear a few good things about the age of Kali. Of course, we know all the bad things. We we just opened up the newspaper, we just opened up a website, <laughs> a news website, you don't, you don't need to go very far. Um, but beyond that, we hear, you know, that the demigods are lining up to take birth in Kali Yuga because simply by chanting the holy name, one can achieve perfection. But here's something that I heard uh, last week that I found very helpful, that um, one of the benedictions is that we are, um, we're, we because there's so many problems in the sage, we tend to be a little bit more humble and therefore more easily drawn to kirtan. I thought that was an interesting statement. More easily drawn to kirtan. Um, yeah, because we don't have that much to be proud of. Of course, the nature of the false ego, as I was brought up earlier, is such, I think um, Andy brought up the word false ego. Uh, you know, the pauper can be proud of their penny, and we can be, you know, proud of anything. But there can be a little bit more tendency in Kali Yuga to be attracted to Kirtan. And that, of course, is very... Very special. Okay. Uh, questions, comments on 38. Oh. To the uh, uh, next verse. Oh, wait. Is there a comment? Budas, you have a comment, Prabhu? Obeisances to all the devotees. Um, thank you for the class. I just wanted to mention <clears throat> um, that after uh, thinking about this, it's actually... Uh, 
we say that, uh, uh, or Krishna says in Bhagavad Gita, uh, you surrender and then I uh, protect you, offer you my my shelter. Um, but the same process is actually going on in uh, the age of Kali when we surrender to Sankirtan. And Lord Chaitanya becomes pleased with us. Then he is pleased to reveal um, a bit of his nature according to our surrender. Yes. Very good. Thank you. Thank you. Any other thoughts, questions? Hare Krishna Prabhu. Yes, Nandimukhi Devi. Thank you. I'm thinking about this point in verse 34 where Lord Brahma uh, it's said that he cannot see the creator, Mahavish, uh, Lord Vishnu, after he sitting on the lotus flower. And I think it's just uh, resonates the point that Krishna is not subjected to the, to the uh, material nature as well as time. He cannot be pursued in that path. And what path can he be pursued in? He can be pursued by bhakti. Right. Yes. And therefore, the so time, he, Go ahead. I'm sorry. Please continue. Sorry. No, no, please continue. I mean, the time and space cannot describe Krishna, cannot capture Krishna, cannot manifest Krishna's form. Ah. Yes. And so... Yeah, and Lord Prama, you know, learned those two words, tapa, which means austerity. And the, the greatest austerity is to give up the false ego. Um, because it is the thing that we are most attached to. Our, our, uh, incorrect identity of who we are, or who you, we think we are. And, and, and it's, it's putting, you know, cause the false ego in one way or another puts a, us in the center. And the very premise of bhakti is that, um, you have to, that we have to be happy. We have to embrace the idea that there's some, there's someone greater than myself. There's someone who's the center of my life. There's someone who I should center giving pleasure to other than me. Um, so that's the greatest austerity, uh, uh, getting that consciousness. And that is the, uh, and so the tapa of Lord Brahma, uh, you know, to the greatest degree is, is putting Krishna fully in the center of our lives. So thank you for bringing that up, uh, from that verse 34 and your, and your point about, uh, Krishna not being, and therefore Krishna is controlled only by bhakti. As a matter of fact, Prabhupada would, you know, he had this very wonderful way of saying this, that uh, a Mayavadi, an impersonalist, let's forget Mayavadi, an impersonalist, they may want to become one with God, but a devotee wants to become greater than God. They go, what? How's that possible? Yes, because the only way to control God is through love. Um, and and so in that sense, like, we, and we see, of course, the greatest lover of God, Srimati Radharani, fully controls Krishna in, in, in many ways. Um, so bhakti is, is the power of this, of the, of the world ultimately. So thank you, Nandimukhi. Anything else?
Okay, then let us carry on. We're going up to 42. Um, oh, I got to go back. Was, I went back to 34 to uh, see what Nandi Muki was saying. Okay, now 39. So, um, my dear Lord of the Vaikuntha planets, where there is no anxiety, the Vaikuntha planets, no anxiety, my mind is extremely sinful and lusty, being sometimes so-called happy and sometimes so-called distressed. So here he's playing the role of a conditioned soul. My mind is full of lamentation and fear. There's that word, um, Andy. And it all fear. And it always seeks more and more money. Thus it has be it has become more most polluted and it and is never satisfied in topics concerning you. I am therefore most fallen and poor. In such a status of life, shall I be able to discuss your activities? So yes, we do sometimes get caught up in happiness and distress and lamentation or fear and, and, and needing money and things like that. Um, that, that may be natural, but by bhakti, by devotion to Krishna, that all falls into perspective. Yeah, for example, we need some money to maintain our family, to pay the mortgage, to put gas in the car and, you know, you know, food on the table, et cetera, et cetera. But the, um, the excessive, the, it, but no, the devotion to Krishna puts it in perspective. So we don't get carried away by that very powerful energy. 40. My dear Lord, O infallible one, my position is like that of a person who has many wives, all trying to attract him in their own way. For example, the tongue is attracted to palatable dishes, the genitals to sex with an attractive woman, and the sense of touch to contact with soft things. The belly, although filled, still wants to eat more, and the ear, not tempt, uh, not attempting to hear about you, is generally attracted to cinema songs. The sense of smell is attracted to yet another side. The restless eyes are attracted to sense of sense gratification, and the active senses are attracted elsewhere. In this way, I am certainly embarrassed. So, of course, this is a perfect example of Prabhupada sometimes taking some literary license um, because there probably weren't cinema songs exactly as we know them back in, uh, in Talad Maharaj's days. But, and, you know, all of, all of us, we can translate that now into, um, well, you know, Bollywood or, or, um, you know, whatever it is that, you know, the Grateful Dead or jazz or, you know, or what classical music, whatever kind of attracts us. <laughs> but, you know, hip hop, you know, whatever it is. Um, but he's making the point here that all the senses are pulling, you know, pulling the, uh, the person who's not fully dedicated to Krishna in so many different directions. And, you know, if we look at this, you know, people are pulled in, in you know, it's just like, all these different directions were being pulled in. <clears throat> 41. My dear Lord, you are always transcendentally situated on the other side of the river of death. But because of the reactions of our own activities, we are suffering on this side. Indeed, we have fallen into this river and are repeatedly suffering the pains of birth and death and eating horrible things. Now, kindly look upon us, not only upon me, but upon all others who are suffering, and by your causes, mercy, and compassion, deliver us and maintain us. And now 42, I'm pretty sure that's what I was, yeah, 42. Hmm. 
Oh, my Lord, O oh, Supreme Personality of God, original spiritual master of the entire world, what is the difficulty for you who manages the affairs of the universe to deliver the fallen souls engaged in devotional service? You are the friend of all suffering humanity, and from great personalities, it is necessary to show mercy to the foolish. Therefore, I think that you should, you will show your causeless mercy to persons like us who are engaged in your service. In the beginning of the Purple Word, Prabhupada writes that, here are the words Priya Janam Anu Shevatam Na Na indicate that the Supreme Lord, the Supreme Personality of God, is very favorable to devotees who act according to the instructions of his own pure devotee. Later, one should not be proud of becoming directly the servant of the Supreme Personality of God. This is a similar point to what we heard earlier. Rather, one must seek a pure devotee, a servant of the Lord, and engage oneself in the service of such a servant. The more one becomes a servant of a servant, the more one becomes perfect in devotional service. This is also the injunction of Bhagavad Gita, Evam Parampara Praptam Imam One can understand the science of the Supreme Personality of God simply by the Parampara system, that's the system of guru and disciple. In this regard, Srila Narutama Das Thakur says, Kandara Charana Sevi Bhaktisanivas. Let me serve the lotus feet of the devotees of the Lord, and let me live with devotees. Janame janamehe hoy e abilas. Following Narotama Das Thakur, one should aspire to be the servant of the servant, life after life. So you see, this is not just um, mechanical, it's very heartfelt. You know, let me serve devotees, let me please Krishna's devotees. Srila Bhaktivinoda Thakur also sings, To me, Tatakura, Tomara Kukura, Baliya Janaha Mor. Oh my Lord, oh Vaishnava, please consider me your dog. One must become the dog of a Vaishnava, a pure devotee. For a pure devotee can deliver Krishna without difficulty. Krishna say, Tomara Krishna Dite Par. Krishna is the property of his pure devotee. And if we take shelter of a pure devotee, he can deliver Krishna easily. So you see, again, all these, these songs by the great Acharyas are very, they're very coming from the heart. They're very, um, you know, it's not just in the mind. It's very much coming from, let me do this. Let me become the servant of Krishna's devotees. Prahlad wants to engage in the service of a devotee, and therefore he prays to Krishna. My dear Lord, kindly give me the shelter of your dear devotee so that I may engage in the service and you may then be pleased. Madhbhakta puja dika. The Lord says, engaging in the service of my devotee is better than trying to engage in my service, devotional service. Another significant point in this verse is that by devotional service, Pallad Maharaj does not want to benefit, does not want to benefit alone, does not want does not want to benefit alone. Rather, he prays to the Lord that all of us fallen souls in this material world may, by the grace of the Lord, engage in the service of his servant and thus be delivered. The grace of the Lord is not at all difficult for the devotee to bestow. And thus Krishna, and thus Balad Maharaj wants to save the whole world by spreading Krishna consciousness. So this, this we'll hear in subsequent verses, but that whole, the mood of, of it's why we've been talking a lot about the mood of love, the mood of bhakti, and it's very much connected to the mood of compassion. I'm feeling so wonderful in by practicing bhakti. Let me give others that opportunity. 
questions, comments on this? And compassion is not a, it's not a superficial thing. It's a very deep sentiment. It's a very deep sentiment. Any questions, comments? Yes, Ru. Oh, just like uh, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, he is revealing that uh, the true yajna for this age, means of course, Sankirtan yajna we all know, but he says, Vaishnava Seva, Nam Ruchi and Jeevataya. So what he just covered, covered the whole paradigm. Means again, we get the mercy of pure devotee of the Lord, we take shelter of a spiritual master and we follow the instructions, right? Warning Seva. And by serving them, by following the instructions, taking to our heart, as Bhaktivinoda Thakur is saying, become a dog of, you know, the Lord and his devotees. So he's like the watchdog. That's what we have to become. And by taking that service to our heart, we will get purified. And it actually goes deeper when, um, in the purport earlier, Srila Prabhupada talked about this, Lord Krishna is ending that verse with do not fear. So even if you have to take shelter in fear, that fear will go away because your avidya, your ignorance will be removed. And with the chanting of the Holy Name, three main areas that we need to always look out for is avidya, which is ignorance, anarthas, which is unwanted things, and apradhas, the offenses to the chanting of the Holy Name. If you watch out, we can be blessed by the mercy of the Lord. Hare Krishna. Thank you, Jiva Prabhu. Other questions, comments? Hare Krishna. Yes, Prabhu. Um, it's worth noting, and it's it's absolutely amazing to me every time um, we read in the Bhagavatam about uh, a pure devotee, his level of humility seems just inconceivable. That. As you were saying so so nicely, <laughs> he um, he expresses his heart, and the heart of a pure devotee is that he's a sinner. And Prahlad is in, in these verses that we just read uh, before this one. Prahlad was describing in how in his heart uh, he felt ex- so extremely sinful, and yet we can see uh, in the Bhagavatam the exalted activities and the exalted consciousness of the pure devotee. And so we're, we're um, faced with, for lack, lack of a better word, this, this happy contradiction of, of the uh, great personality uh, expressing what he feels is uh, the truth about himself and very boldly also that he he reveals whatever darkness is in his heart he's revealing it to the lord and saying i'm i'm just so insignificant but we see by that and and it the reason why it's so exemplary for us is that um this is the character and nature of a pure devotee, one who is not afraid to uh, reveal everything to his Lord, no matter mm, how ugly it seems, because uh, he's 10% convinced that the Lord uh, 
is merciful and then he will extend his mercy. Um, Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, well, um, you see, the, the devotee is uh, a great devotee is so fixed on putting Krishna in the center that they, the devotee doesn't want the spotlight. Krishna may put him in the spotlight. That's another thing. But they, they avoid the spotlight so much because it's, it's, uh, just like we say, uh, namo namaha, right? Namaha, nama literally means like, uh, in Sanskrit, not me. Right? Uh, na, not, ma, me, not me, you. <laughs> and therefore it, it, it indirectly means you. And, and so that's the, the devotee's whole, um, bhakti is focused on, on Krishna and Krishna's devotees. And therefore they, they avoid, they don't, uh, want the spotlight. There, there's several examples in Lord Chaitanya's time when, you know, he, he sneaks out of the village, um, in a way that he's not seen by others. Cause, you know, he's playing, as we just read in the previous purport, that he's playing the role of a devotee and, and therefore he's, uh, avoiding that. Now, Krishna may have other plans, just like, you know, Srila Prabhupada had, you know, the devotees would, would, um, were so focused on him and, and wanting to serve him. But he, you know, he showed that humility. You know, I told, I told the story about, uh, him in, uh, Uppsala University in Sweden, where he, you know, he was talking about the first class, second class, third class, fourth class human beings and somebody, and in a socialist country that doesn't go over very well. And uh, somebody yelled out from the audience, <laughs> what class are you? And he replied, I'm fifth class. I'm the servant of everyone. So um, <clears throat> that's the devotee's, the devotee's mood. Now, Krishna may have other plans. Krishna, try, So sometimes there's a competition. The devotee's trying to not be in the center and Krishna's trying to glorify his devotee. <laughs> like that. But it's very much the, uh, when we see these moods of humility, it's it's all based on bhakti. It's all based on the devotee's love. It's not a uh, show or, you know, yeah, we're supposed to say that. It, he really means it. So let's go on to the next verse, a very famous verse. And it, it, the, the, the um, part of the verse is very much what Andy was saying, right? It says, oh, best of the great personalities. Then look what he says. I'm not at all afraid of material existence. I, I don't, I'm not coming to you for fear. For wherever I stay, I'm fully absorbed in thoughts of your glories and activities. My concern is only for the fools and rascals who are making elaborate plans for material happiness and maintaining their families, societies, and countries. I am simply concerned with love for them. So Prabhupada, in the beginning of the purport, picks up on um, the fools and rascals making elaborate plans. He says, throughout the entire world, Everyone is making big, big plans to adjust the miseries of the material world. And this is true at present, in the past, and in the future. Nonetheless, although they make elaborate political, social, and cultural plans, they have all been described here as vimudha, fools. The material world has been described in Bhagavad Gita as dukalayam ashashvatam, temporary and miserable. But these fools are trying to turn the world into sukalayam, a place of happiness not knowing how everything acts by the arrangement of material nature. So it's, it's, it's a durashaya. It's a uh, false shelter. Now that doesn't mean we don't try to, uh, um, 
um, you know, lower, what is it, the, you know, the, you know, deal with climate change or, you know, on a, on a big scale, a scale or avoid using plastics or, you know, in other words, it's not that we don't, um, deal with the world in a way to try to at least, uh, make it not, not, in other words, not make it purposely more miserable <laughs> than it is, but we remember that, um, that the very, that the very existence of this world is, uh, you know, janma mrityu jara vyadhi, right? Uh, janma means birth, mrityu means death, jara means old age, and vyadhi means, uh, disease. And that we can't avoid them. That doesn't mean we, again, it doesn't mean we don't take care of our health. It's just like, you know, if it's, if it's raining outside, you, you, you take an umbrella with you, right? You know, we, 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 we don't, we, we take care of our health knowing still that one day we're going to die. But that doesn't mean that while we're still alive, we try to take good care of our body and especially, you know, use it, uh, take good care of it for you know, Krishna's service. Um, yet we remember that that's, this is the nature of this world. And so therefore, Pilat Maharaj is praying. He actually has so much compassion for everyone that he wants to give them at least a chance to learn about Krishna. And that's our, we can't force someone to become a devotee of Krishna. You know, we don't have that, you know, that's up to their individual free will, but we can give them the opportunity to learn about Krishna. That's why we give people Prabhupada's books. Here's a chance for you to learn about Krishna, whether you have it sit on the shelf for the next three decades or whether, you know, you read it every day, that's, that's your call. But we're here, we're giving you a chance to, uh, to learn about Krishna. So a very deep sentiment here. I simply, I am simply concerned with love for them. Powerful uh, statement. Uh, and then in 44, let's at least do one more verse. 44, it's connected. So that's why. My dear Lord, Nisim Hadid, I see that there are many saintly persons indeed who are interested only in their own deliverance. Not caring for the big cities and towns, they go to the Himalayas or the forest or the forest to meditate with vows of silence, Mona Brat. They are not interested in delivering others. As for me, however, I do not wish to be liberated alone, leaving aside all these poor fools and rascals. I know that without Krishna consciousness, without taking shelter of your lotus feet, one cannot be happy. Therefore, I wish to bring them back to shelter at your lotus feet. The very beginning of the purport, this is the decision of the Vaishnava. The pure devotee of the Lord, for him, uh, the pure devotee of the Lord. For himself, he has no problems. Even if he has to stay in this material world because his only business is to remain in Krishna consciousness. The Krishna conscious person can go even to hell and still be happy. Um, and therefore, Pallad Maharaj said, uh, Oh, best of the great personalities, I am not at all afraid of material existence. And then Prabhupada quotes, um, uh, Chitraketu, or actually Lord Shiva glorifying Chitraketu to his wife, Parvati. <clears throat> and then after that, Prabhupada writes, for a devotee, being situated in the heavenly planets and being in the hellish planets are equal. For a devotee lives neither in heaven nor in hell, but with Krishna in the spiritual world. Okay, so that's the idea. If you're, if you're so fixed on giving service and pleasure to your to your to your lover in this case krishna then you don't care heaven or hell that's not your focus 
if you're comfortable or uncomfortable, your, your focus is on giving pleasure to God. Now, that is a very exalted consciousness. This, if you hear the, the um, descriptions of heaven and you hear the descriptions of the hellish planets, you think, definitely I choose one over the other. So the secret of success for the devotee is not understood. This secret of success is not understood by karmis, people who want to enjoy this world, or ganis, people who want to become one with God. Karmis, therefore, try to be happy by material adjustment. And ganis want to be happy by becoming one with the Supreme Lord. The devotee has no such interest. He is not interested in so-called meditation in the Himalayas or the forest. Rather, his interest is in the busiest part of the world where he teaches people Krishna consciousness. The Krishna consciousness movement was started for this purpose. We do not teach one to meditate in a secluded place so uh, just, to sh- uh, just so that one may show that he has become very much advanced and may be proud of his so-called transcendental meditation, although he engages in all sorts of foolish materialistic activity. A Vaishnava like Pilad Maharaj is not interested in such a bluff of spiritual advancement. Rather, he is interested in enlightening people in Krishna consciousness because that is the only way for them to become happy. And at the second to last sentence, the members of the Krishna consciousness movement must be fully convinced that without Krishna, one cannot be happy. So this is a very deep sentiment again, and we may not even be able to fully emulate it. There may be times when, yes, we need to retreat, but you know, to the, um, you know, the figurative forest and work on our, our chanting and work in our, our own spiritual growth. Um, uh, and, and even Prabhupada, you know, Prabhupada was practical. He, he would say to the devotees that um, once a month, they, one month out of a year, they should be in India and recharge their spiritual batteries like that. So it's not, you know, you don't want to go to extreme by reading this one purport and not take the full picture. Um, doing our bhajan, our personal devotions is important and it gives us shakti it gives us strength to uh to share krishna consciousness with others in a pure form and in a form where people will um be uh, moved to consider taking it up themselves thoughts questions Hare Krishna Prabhu. yes nandi muki devi thank you i've seen that this mood of compassion that uh, is demonstrated by Prahlad Maharaj in the two verses is very well inherited by Srila Prabhupada himself, <laughs> yes. as well as all the sincere followers of Srila Prabhupada. And I think from my personal experience, without this compassion that is coming down, coming down from the parampara, those unfortunate, poor-hearted people like me will never have a chance to see the light. Right, right. We, we've all been the recipients of someone being compassionate to us, either directly or indirectly. Like I'm looking at, uh, like David, of course, he was born into that compassion because his father had come in contact with uh, with devotees and, and Srila Prabhupada. And then Others, uh, we we met a. Uh, uh, I know Nandimukhi, you met a devotee, and they you know introduced you to Krishna consciousness, and 
And so somehow or other, or maybe by marriage, maybe in Dean's case, <laughs> marrying a devotee of Krishna. Uh, but one way or the other, uh, we, we've, we've been fortunate to come in contact with, uh, with Krishna conscious by the grace of someone who's been compassionate to us. So we do want to show that compassion. And one of the cool things is, uh, you know, we can show compassion in such a simple way, like, you know, just have in our car a few of Prabhupada's books and you meet someone who just seems like a nice person. Here, take one of these. You know, we don't, we don't, we not be, you know, a full time, you know, preacher or something, but, uh, or yeah, there's a really nice temple in Potomac. Why don't you come visit sometime? You know, there's simple ways that we can, um, that we can share. And like I've said many times before, you know, bringing, prasadam to the workplace and giving people prasadam cookies or or some kind of uh, prasadam is another nice way to do that but it, it does it, it's um they go together our own bhajan our own working on our krishna consciousness and our uh wanting to share and sharing krishna consciousness with others they, they help each other they they create an upward spiral you could say Anything else? We have a couple of minutes left. Dean, are you trying to say No? Come on? Uh, Man? Very good. No, no. Oh, okay. okay. Hey, Krishna? Yes. Did you, did you want to say something? Say, uh, no, go ahead, Gurdas. If you have a quick okay. We have one minute left. Um, it, just, it just strengthens the argument Prabhupada has been making that we have to take shelter of of the pure devotee or advanced devotees because we don't as Nandamuki was so nicely saying that uh, she feels in her case but we all feel that we don't have the requisite compassion uh, or at least this neophyte certainly doesn't feel that I have the requisite compassion to go out and 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 pure heartedly save humanity so we follow the order of the guru and we get uh, and, and that uh, uh, order to do sadhana, as you were so nicely saying, and do devotional service, that that purifies us to the point that uh, if if it continues, and by Krishna's grace, we become uh, pure enough to understand that this is the real mission of human life. Thank you. So we are we have reached the uh, noon here on the East Coast. USA, and uh, we will start with uh, verse number 45 uh, next week, and I think there's a good chance we will finish this chapter next week, and then we have one more chapter with Vlad Maharaj, and then we learn about other topics, Varnashram specifically. So thank you so much. I hope you have a wonderful week. Hare Krishna. Thank you. Hare Krishna.